Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And fight down. Wow! King goes for now! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We hope you keep him very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for a midweek edition, where as you guys know by now, no actual midweek game to review, but we keep on rolling on the last word on Spurs. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Audio Boom, we're across hundred different audio platforms. We're of course on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs, we're on Facebook and Instagram too. And also we're delighted to be live on YouTube. I know it's tough tonight. You've got Champions League or you've got last one on Spurs. Surely there's only one outcome, right? I'm delighted to be joined by three great guests. One debutant as well on the last one on Spurs. Back alongside me, we're trying to balance it in between his fitness regime. We've got the brilliant Jamie Brown over at the Daily Hotspur. Jay, lovely to be back on. How are you? I'm all good, thank you, Ricky. Yeah, we were speaking off air about kind of Spurs playing once every week. I mean, it's um, you know, especially after that that Brentford game, and you know, such a disappointing result. It's it's weird. I think we kind of were looking forward to having one game a week, but uh, yeah, it kind of leaves us, you know, having to wait for the next one after such a depressing performance. But uh, no, it's again, you know, Spurs always giving us something to talk about when they're not playing, and of course with all the contest stuff. And uh, so yeah, obviously plenty of stuff to discuss tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And delighted to also be joined by two also great guests alongside us. First up, listen, we had him on during the season as well. You won't be familiar familiar face by now. Hopefully we've got the presenter, Capital, of course, Rob Howard joins us. Rob, how are you? Oh, I'm very well, thank you, mate. Yeah, I was, um, as we were saying, like thinking, oh, it should be a nice little quiet midweek build up, preview Leicester. And then obviously <laughs> Conte wants to leave, apparently, and then he doesn't want to leave. And then, oh, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Absolutely. Listen, lovely to have you on, Rob. I know we've got a busy hour in store with Spurs. Never, ever um, a walk in the park, is it really? There's always feels a crisis round the corner. And we always have a crisis. That always means a debutant makes uh, their appearance on the last one on Spurs. So I'd like to finally welcome her to the show. We've got Hannah Barlow joining us. Hannah, 
How are you? Hi, everyone. Yeah, good to see you all and be in such esteemed company. I'm just a super fan, so um, <laughs> that's what I'll go by. But yeah, great to be on the show. Thanks for having me, Ricky. Our absolute pleasure. Our absolute pleasure. Now, um, we must let everybody know, just so there's, um, well, just some clarity on this. Hannah is eight months pregnant, so we're wondering why there might be certain times Hannah's moving about in a certain way. If that might happen, that might be the reason. But we're also blessed to be welcoming another Spurs fan into the world, although I'm not sure, Hannah, for that little one, whether he he or she will be looking forward to being a Spurs fan. What do you reckon? Yeah, I know. Well, it's a girl, um, and I say... When everyone asks, well, when's your baby due? I say my Spurs fan is due on the 1st of June. Um, Long suffering, probably, but you never know. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, let's hope it's the start of much trophy-laden success to come for Spurs. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Guys, never a quiet week for Spurs, is it? Never a quiet week. You know, um, you always think when there's no midweek games, you can kind of drift on by and just look ahead to the next game. But such is the nature with Spurs that, there always seems to be stuff going on in and around the football club. But before we get on to what's happened so far this week, just want to touch upon how everybody's feeling about the current form of the club. Jay, let's start with you. I mean, listen, the draw at Brentford, it feels like a long time ago now, but it really wasn't, only a few days ago. Um, It's a disappointing draw, many would say, kind of in isolation, although Brentford have been on really good form recently. I think they've won six of the last eight, to be honest with you. But um, I think it's just the nature of Spurs' performance at the moment that are really, really frustrating on the eye. Again, no shots on target. Spurs now find themselves fifth in the Premier League table. Two points, of course, behind Arsenal. Took full advantage of the weekend by beating Manchester United. Five games left to play. How do you find this battle forming now for the top four finish? Yeah, look, I think the Brentford result, I actually, um, I do think it was a good result. Uh, Maybe not in terms of like kind of well, you know, in, in the race for the top four and kind of, where we are in terms of the season. But I think going to a team like Brentford, they're the second, going into that match, they were the second most informed team in the league. So, you know, they were showing, you know, certainly it was always going to be a difficult game. I think Liverpool went there earlier this season and also got a draw as well. So I think it was a very difficult place to go. And I think in the end, a point is a good is a good result for us. Obviously, kind of in the context of the race to the top four, maybe it's it's not the best point. And, you know, had it become earlier on in the season, I think we'd have all been a lot more pleased with it. But, yeah, I think it was kind of the nature of the performance that was quite disappointing and, and pretty concerning. I think we're a team that clearly, you know, we, we do need that plan B. We are lacking of that plan B. I think if when you look at the bench, that's the most concerning thing. There's kind of no real options to go and change it. Um and, and yeah, I think we, we clearly do desperately need that plan B. That's something that has to happen. Um, but it, it's very difficult to kind of see how that, that goes about, how you find that plan B. But yeah, that, that for me is, is something that hopefully Conte is working on in trying to find different ways to play. Because when, when we play these teams that, you know, causes a bit of frustration and are able to stop Harry Kane from playing and, and stop our front line, then we, we really seem to struggle. And, you know, that's when we need to have, you know, be able to switch to something different because... You know, what we did is we brought Davinson Sanchez on and, you know, the changes that we made just weren't, weren't weren't quite the right changes. So hopefully this week he's seen that it didn't work with Brighton, didn't didn't change anything with Brentford and, and maybe he now sees that, you know, maybe something new is needed. So, um, you know, hopefully now he's, he's kind of realised that, that we do need to try something new. And, um, yeah, let's let, let's see what happens in the next game if we do make some changes because I, I, I think at the moment we kind of maybe have been sussed out a little bit. Mm, I agree. I think many probably know that 
what our 11 is going to likely be. I feel everybody knows a predictable system about how we're going to set up, which I think at the moment is playing into a lot of the opposition team's hands. I mean, Rob, coming over to you, as I kind of already referred to, you know, Spurs, they went nine goals in two games against Newcastle and Villa. And that was then followed up by two games where Spurs failed to have a single shot on target. Do you get the feeling, as I've said there, teams are almost starting to work out the way Spurs are playing? Yeah, I, I think a little bit, but I, I guess that's kind of natural. Like any, you know, there's so much research and analysis and stuff behind the scenes these days that, you know, with all the all the sort of uh, watching they do of like, you know, the patterns and that kind of thing. And also it probably doesn't help as well that Conte famously, everyone like you go Conte and you go his patterns, he's all about the patterns. So you've already got a bit of a head start if you just get the the video team guys to just go and like look and be like, oh, okay, well, this is a move they like. Um, I, I do think, as well, I, I think those two fixtures in particular were probably for like a, a system manager like Conte, probably the worst kind of teams really to play because it's they're really quite similar as well. You've got Brent, uh, you've got um, Frank and um, uh, Potter who are both really good tactically, really good at setting up a system, and they're also that kind of like mid-level team who who will change their tactics specifically to play in opposition. It's not like Liverpool, Man City, even Arsenal, someone like that, who'll go, no, we play our way and we win. They, they'll literally make a game plan for you. And um, I think that's exactly what they did. And that they, I actually think they're probably our, our, our trickiest kind of strata team to play with Conte because it's not like a big team like City or Liverpool who play their way and leave space at the back. And it's not like a sort of like Norwich or someone who I think... We'll try and stop us, but we can just blow them away. And and I think they did. I, th- I think that's part of it as well. They did it really, really well. I, I kind of saw it coming a little bit. That was the, the, the one thing I was disappointed with Brentford was the substitutions. I thought were a bit. It, I, I think after fifty five minutes, you could kind of see where this was going, and you kind of thought maybe we should do something a bit quicker. But when I thought that was maybe one of the most uninspiring substitutions I've ever seen, where it was like, right, we need to do something. And you look up and Sanchez is there. And you're like, oh, right, okay. What's, is he going to be our Ericsson? And he's going to come on and uh, pick some passes. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just felt like one of those games. Do you know, like the Kane bicycle kick at the end? It just felt like it yeah. needed that to yeah. hit the post, go in and go, oh, got away with one there. And yeah. it, it just didn't quite happen, did it? No, absolutely not. I mean, it just feels at the moment, coming over to you, Hannah, that, you know, the hopes of securing Champions League football, although they're still alive, it feels the last couple of games have been a real massive blow to the confidence of the players, confidence of the squad. There I say from the manager, I know it's probably the first time we've seen Conte really being questioned and scrutinised over the past two games in terms of the way Spurs are tactically setting up, the in-game management as well. I mean, he has kept largely the same starting lineup for the large chunk of Spurs' matches, including the last two games. Do you think Conte needs to show some flexibility going forward now with the games Spurs have got coming up? Yeah, I do, actually. And I think particularly when you're setting up against Brighton and Brentford, you want to show that attacking confidence. So having three at the back and then the two, you know, um, defensive wingers, I'd actually think about instead of Davies, could could we have had Mora? Could we have had an extra midfielder because our midfielders are also quite defensive, Hoysberg and Bentacor. So I think it's it's sending the wrong message. Fine, show up to Man City, show up to Liverpool in that format. Um, but when you're when when you're playing against Brighton and, and Brentford, I I'd want to see a bit more attacking for all. Um, and I think flexibility for sure. I <laughs> I do think Conte's clever in how he plays it. And I wonder, because um, there was a period, wasn't there, where he was playing Doherty 
on on the left and he's got sort of no left foot and I do sometimes wonder if he he sticks to things to make a point to Levy but that's my kind of psychological um you know thriller there because you know clearly we've got to strengthen the squad um and he's he might be sending that message to Levy ahead of the summer it's interesting you say that Hannah because you do feel with Conte you know especially in the early part of the season when he kept on persisting with Matt Doherty um, on the opposite side of what he'd be used to, you wonder if he was trying to maybe make a signal of intention to the board. But, you know, with the situation Spurs find themselves in, I've got to say, I think it's been a massive blow not having Doherty, of course, not having on the skip now for the rest of the season that will come on to. Um, Jay, listen, I think Conte so far, um, he's been, rightly so, you know, fairly lauded for where he's taken Spurs to and from. Of course, we can't forget... When he came through the door, Spurs were ninth in the Premier League. I think at that point, we were five to six points off the top four. So we weren't massively off it, but the way Spurs were playing, we can't forget he walked into the job with Spurs not having a single shot on target, a really fragmented squad, some would argue. We've definitely seen, of course, over the last few months, a real rhythm to the way Spurs are playing. And it's only been over the last couple of games that we've seen almost, again, Spurs revert back to type like the Nuno era, if we're going to say that. So do you back Conte that, you know, with Spurs now five games left to play, that we will rediscover our goal scoring touch? Um, it's interesting. I wonder whether he, I think he does need to maybe look at making different changes because I think the, the big thing at the moment is is the fullbacks or the wingbacks. I think that that's such an important part of Conte's system and they're just so weak at the moment. You know, you look at the midfield as well, there's no real creativity in there. So the creativity has got to come from the wingbacks. And when you're looking at Emerson Royale and, and Sergio Reguilon or Ryan Session as the two wingbacks, you know, unfortunately, they're just not going to be good enough. I just think at the moment, there's kind of too many, you know, areas in that squad that aren't kind of built for an Antonio Conte system. So, you know, maybe he needs to kind of um, look at changing up the system in terms of maybe going for a fullback or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's it's really disappointing. So I think that at the moment, the wingbacks are just killing us, unfortunately. Just not enough quality in those areas. That for me is, is kind of the biggest worry at the moment. Um, and, and as I, say, I keep saying, you know, about the plan B, I think that that's also a big disappointment. You know, we speak about the subs being so inspiring. I mean, look, look at Liverpool. Of course, they needed to um, make a change, you know, during the match because they couldn't get past Everton. They met, you know, able to bring on a couple of players and, and the game completely swings in their favour. And unfortunately for Spurs, you know, we just don't have those kind of options to really change it up at the moment. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we're kind of in that early stages as well with, with Conte in terms of his... He hasn't really had the opportunity to kind of really re, to really build that squad. And, um, you know, hopefully in the summer, you know, he is backed and we go and, you know, getting the players that are going to be able to make his system a lot stronger. Because at the moment, you know, having just one chance to win, though, you're never really going to see a, a consistent, stable side because it's not it's not a squad that's kind of built for an Antonio Conte team. As I said, no wing backs, you know, maybe a creative midfielder to come in at occasions and we can swap to a 3-5-2 or something or, you know, maybe play a fullback. Um, and have more midfielders. But yeah, I, I just think at the moment we're a side that kind of are deficient in Antonio Conte players. And hopefully in the summer we can kind of rectify that. But um, yeah, at the moment, I just think because we're missing too many players that are key to a Conte system, I think that that's kind of why we're seeing so many inconsistencies at the moment. Rob, coming on to you. Listen, it's, uh, as I've said this week, from I think, well, Tuesday onwards, we've seen reports linking Conte with PSG almost at a time when you don't need this to happen. You know, Spurs are in a situation where we've got five incredibly massive games for the football club, where between Tottenham and Arsenal, whoever... 
Oh, mid question as well. Oh, we lost Ricky. <laughs> what's what's the end of the question going to be? Who's going to make up the question? It was it was about Conte, wasn't it? Shall yeah. I have it? Shall I have a go at answering the question? Well, yeah. So the Conte stuff. The Conte stuff is weird because I might be reading it wrong. But am I right in saying that the thing that this French outlet got hold of was supposedly that PSG haven't actually contacted Conte, but they his demands that he'd asked for have been leaked? Is that right, Jamie? You probably know a yeah, bit more no, about that. Well, well, I mean, it was from RMC, yeah. RMC the French outlet, which I think was, was strange in a way because... Usually, you'd think that some, you know, something like that would come from maybe you know one of Conte's Italian sources, and um, I think as well, um, you know, what was it? Uh, yeah, I, I just think it was a strange one. I think they were kind of denying that they'd been in direct contact with Conte. I think Conte um, and his entourage have kind of done an interview today with one of the yeah. Italian media saying that they were denying that you know there was any sort of interest. But for me, the way that I kind of looked at um, you know that that whole situation is. In, in football, you know, there, there's never really any loyalty. And, and you know, of course, you come in, go into the summer and maybe things don't go right for Spurs. And, you know, we're not willing to go back Antonio Conte um, and, and or something doesn't happen. You know, he's, he's then maybe in the background, his people are just lining up something else in case something doesn't go right for Spurs. Yeah. I don't think that necessarily means that he wants to leave Spurs. I think it's, again, it's, you know, something, you know, the club could let him down or, or, or a situation could arise where it's not going to work at Spurs. Yeah. I think it's only right that maybe behind the scenes if people are kind of working on something something new like that. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah, um, obviously very stressful seeing all those links. And I, I kind of have calmed down. I've definitely calmed down a little bit over it, but it was yeah. Yeah, stressful. To no, see I, it. I think it, it was your it was your tweet actually, Jamie, that made me panic because there were those ones from like the really low tier French things, and I was like, ah, don't worry about this. And then uh, I, I think was it you, you tweeted? I was like, yeah. You yeah, like, I, I, I went, have to tweet went, this one. Like, unfortunately, like, you what? should be worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a weird one because I know obviously I don't because at the moment we're obviously in a, you know I think as fans we all play our role in terms of you got to create you know, a good atmosphere at the club and, and and spreading those sort of stories and I kind of to start off with I didn't want to didn't really want to say anything but RMC are quite a good reputable mm. source in France so I was like. Well, you know, they're starting to say it. We've obviously heard from other sources as well. So I was panicking a little bit. I was on the laugh of the Spurs uh, WhatsApp group and I was like, oh no, this is, I'm, I'm getting a little bit worried now. So I, I just, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to put those stories out there, especially at the timing as well, because we, you know, yeah. we've five games left, you know, and, and yes, it was, it was just, I, I did, after admit, I did kind of hit the panic button a little bit, but I've calmed down now. I, I, I've definitely calmed down a little bit now. I definitely don't think he'll go. I think that the issue is it plays into the narrative that the, the commentary and also us as fans feel about Tottenham quite a lot, which is we're so close and then we just miss out. We've got this amazing manager and now, you know, we're doubting it. He's going to go, et cetera, et cetera. So I kind of think it's a story that wants to be written, but actually I I, I can't see him going and, and, um, I mean, the choice to go to, it's not just about leaving Spurs. It would be, right, does he want to go to PSG? Yeah. Um, and, and and they're sort of organised, they're, they're firing their way to their objective, right? <laughs> Whereas at Spurs, I think what Levy needs to put on the table is, here's the long-term plan, you know, here's the package for the summer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you guys probably have more back background intel than me, but you've got to hope that there's promise of that already in the pipeline. 
Well, this is the interesting thing, isn't it? And uh, forgive me there. I did do an undomble and storm off after 15 minutes, but I am back. <laughs> you know, I, I missed Jay's opening line then. Jay, I'll be honest with you, you did worry us early, earlier in the week when you said that, you know, this source is fairly credible and it is something to be aware of. Um, again, the thing is, you know, I know Conte now, his entourage have come out today and we're recording on Wednesday and vehemently denied there's been any negotiations, which you would expect them to do because there was yeah. a manager in charge there still with Maurizio Pochettino. So it would be wholly unprofessional to have any sorts yeah. of negotiations going on with Pochettino there. But we have to be real, real here. You know, there's intermediaries that talk, there's agents that talk, you know, these stories, they don't just start from nowhere. So I think for Spurs in a way in Conte, um, it actually, I think, suits him to have that link to PSG because it gives him the opportunity to really drive onto the ball that, look, I am wanted elsewhere and I want to be backed. But I just want to know, really, from your perspective, Jay, before I go back round, I mean, because I'm, I obviously have missed this, do, do you feel this is a link to be worried about? Because Conte, really, um, if you're looking for a manager mm. that's going to go and win you a Champions League, Conte really isn't that kind of manager. If you look at what he's, you know, yeah. won in his time, I mean, you'd say Europe is where he's really struggled to really make that impact, you know? He's, he's suffered in the Champions League, we've been honest with you, t- to date. Yeah, well, I think as well, um, getting through knockout football and, and getting through league football, I think it's two kind of different skills. We're seeing with you and I, Emma, at the moment, where, you know, he's had so much success in the Europa League. Of course, he's you know, playing in the Champions League semi-final this evening. But in the league, you know, his Villarreal team are only seventh. So I think certain managers can have that know-how of, of, of setting up for one-off matches and knockout football. And some managers are able to set up their team for 36 matches and be able to be consistent. And, um, you know, with Conte, it just seems to be the case. You know, he's, he's a fantastic league winning manager. And as you mentioned, you see his record in, in European football. It's, it's pretty poor, actually. You know, I think the furthest he's got in the competition is in the quarterfinals. I think when he was at Inter Milan, he got the furthest he's ever got in Europe. They got to a final of the Europa League. And of course, I think they lost it. Um, so, you know, his, his record in knockout football maybe doesn't suit PSG. And he, and he is he's a manager that seems to be just fixated on winning league titles. And, and that's not something PSG need. I think, you know, they're, they're a side that wants to win the Champions League. He's a side that wants to win the league. He's a manager that wants to win the league. So I, th- I just don't think they're the, kind of the right fit. But I was, I was saying with this link, I, I, I just feel as though... In the summer, there's obviously going to be big talks between Daniel Levy, Paratici and Conte about what the plans are going to be, about, you know, are they going to go and back him? And I just feel as though, you know, if those plans were to not go right or Spurs weren't to get into the Champions League and that affects things in terms of will they go and back him, I just think in the background, his his people are probably, you know, maybe lining something or trying to line something up in, in case things don't go right at Spurs. I don't think that means that Conte doesn't want to be at Spurs. I think if Spurs were to back him, and PSG, and uh, you know, there was Spurs were to say to him, "We'll back you," and PSG were to offer him the job. I, I think he'll actually stay at Spurs, and I think that if he can, you know, he's done all the hard work at Spurs. I think that's the main thing. You know, it really feels like he's done pretty much all the groundwork. He's put, you know, he's setting in in place foundations. Yes, I mentioned, you know, that there's a lot of inconsistencies, but I think because we're so short of being an Antonio Conte side at the moment, so yeah. you know, he set the foundations at the moment. He's done all the hard work, so. I think if it was to come to it and Spurs would say, we'll go and get you two wing backs, we'll get you a creative midfielder, we'll, you know, we'll go and boost, boost the squad a bit more. But PSG were to come in and say, okay, actually, we weren't able to get to and we'll do the job. I, I still think Conte would stay mm. at Spurs because, he's, as I said, he's done all the hard work. 
and I just don't think Conte is the right fit for PSG, as we mentioned. His, his record in Europe is, is pretty poor. That, I don't think he was great in terms... I think he did okay with Italy in terms of, you know, the Euros. But, yeah, just knockout football just hasn't seemed to have um, suited him. And, and mm-hmm. I, do you know what I really... I know a lot of criticism as well surrounding Daniel Levy and, and whether he'd back him. But for me, the last season where we had a real proper transfer window, of course, that was in, during the pandemic... And of course, you know, with well, the costs that you have to factor in with those windows, we, it was the 2019 window. And of course, in that year, we spent nearly 150 million pounds. Obviously, we spent it completely wrong. But I think, you know, I, I think the money will be there. And I, I do believe they will go back in now that, you know, everything's kind of back to somewhat, but pretty much back to normal now. Um, I, I, I do think they're going back in. And, and you've got to say, I mean, you look at what we did in January. Hopefully our recruitment's getting a lot better as well. And Daniel Levy yeah. will look at what they've done in January with Kulisevsky and Benton Kur. You know, hopefully he'll, he'll trust these two, Paratici and, and Conte, to go and get it right. And uh, yeah, I, I, I am backing them to, to go and actually, uh, to go and back Conte in the summer. Yeah, no, I, I do agree. And the thing for me is, I've, I've said this before, Rob, that you know, winning at Tottenham in comparison to winning at PSG, even if you win the Champions League, I think you get far more credit by winning at Spurs because of the nature of just how poor Spurs have been as a club when it comes to trophies over the last 20 years. We've been honest, you know, one trophy in 20 years, you know, Spurs as a club for me, you know, you've got to try and change the mentality, not just of a team, of a squad, of a club, of a board, you know, we're not a club that's been used to winning. And that's why I think, you know, I agree with Jamie that if Spurs back Conte, this is here, the biggest project, you know, to win with Tottenham, you know, French league, if I'm being honest with you, Liga, I mean, you're going there to good do accent. One well, you're going there to do one thing. Isn't it? To win, <laughs> you're going there just to win the Champions League, and you know we, yeah. we've seen. You know Guardiola, look how tough he's found the Champions League to try and win it. You know, yeah. Klopp, there's been success there. I mean, but if we're honest, it's, you're looking for one trophy. That's so hard to get to. And I've said, I yeah. think for Conte, you know, it's all about really what comes down to the summer. We know there's going to be a massive ball meeting that's going to be held between Paratici, between Conte, between Levy. They'll come to a conclusive decision as to whether they can back the manager in terms of what he wants. But you would think, Rob, that Spurs weren't stupid. Surely when they engage with Conte at the very start of this process, surely they would know what they're getting themselves into. And I think Tottenham, yeah. as Ali Gold has said, friend of the show, Tottenham are going to have to change for Antonio Conte. There's no way Antonio Conte will change for Tottenham. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I completely agree. But I, I do think they're doing that as well. Like, if you actually look at what we've done uh, so far, I think we've we've basically kind of given him the keys to the car a little bit, far more than he'd get at PSG. Um, and, you you know, as Jamie was saying, why he, he, he's done the hard work now. He's come in. You know, you, even you look at January, we cleared out Deli Ali, who Levy, how many times has he said that we're not selling him? He nearly went last yeah. last year, didn't he, to PSG, yeah. ironically. Yeah. Um, and then, like, Ndombele... He was the biggest, and and they just loaned them out, and and you kind of think it doesn't really get bigger. Kind of saying, okay, look, we we you've looked at these, you said they're not good enough, and we'll farm them out in January. We won't even get a transfer fee. I think Deli Ali, I know he's got all those clauses that he's, you know, they're kind of like the clauses I put in to trick the computer and Football Manager because I know they're never going to hit them. <laughs> um, but he he was off on a free, wasn't he? And so you kind of think, yeah, and I, I think con. Conte knows what he's doing. This is the other thing about Conte. Conte is, he reminds me very much of, do you know someone who will get in a relationship and then they, but they will forget to delete their Tinder account 
So every now and again, they can kind of log on and go, oh, oh, I've still got it. I like that. It, that, that he, just, he just kind of enjoys it. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm that sort of person because my wife is next door. Sounds like you're but... quite familiar with that, bro. <laughs> you know, and it's a fine thing to do, whether you're me or Antonio Conte. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think, he just, yeah, he kind of likes it. And, and it really suits him as well. It suits him to say, OK, well, look, you know, I've got this other interest. So you better back me or I'll go. Um, mm. and the other thing about him not it, it not really fitting him is the, the great thing about the PSG job if he doesn't take it now it'll probably come up again you know in a year well this is the thing is that yeah I mean you're guaranteed at least 18 months that job again. will come back up yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so why 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 kind of do it now yeah it doesn't, I don't think it adds mm. up well also I must add is PSG is a club you know if you're a manager that wants you know and essentially come over to you Hannah you know some you know some element of of major control PSG probably is not the club for you, the way they operate. You know, you're just not going to get that element of control. But it just, coming away from PSG for a second, it just feels really, really infuriating that Spurs have got five massive games to come. Arsenal seem vehemently behind their manager, no matter, you know, from a fan's perspective, whether they like him or not. They are fully 100% committed to Arteta. And we've got Spurs this week that there's rumours coming out about the manager's future. It feels so unnecessary, doesn't it? You know, at this time in the season where... We should be 100% hell-bent focused on five massive games to come for the football club that could ultimately determine whether the club are going to end up in the Champions League or a lower-tier European competition. Yeah, totally, totally agree. But I, I just say to us as fans, let's stay focused because I think I think it's kind of what I said earlier about it's the story that people want to write about Spurs. You know, oh, the, the, the manager's wobbling. We're, we're, you know, we should be getting top four, but we won't. So... It's 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 the yeah the age old kind of Spursy, so I think it's it just just gotta gotta press on with it really, and and you hope the players aren't too affected, um, and I'm sure there's a lot of kind of comms and management of 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 that internally, um, but I'd say yeah it, it is unhelpful, but frankly I I I think Conte saying I think it's it's a load of rubbish. <laughs> Well, I think for the benefit of the fact, listen, we've had some kind of, you know, confirmation today from Conte's entourage that the matter's closed. Hopefully that will be the end of it. Um, I think for those wanting us to go into the Pochettino debate, I think at the moment it's not really worthwhile and conducive, bearing in mind Pochettino's still in charge at PSG. And I think, listen, from my perspective, I want to win with Conte. I think if you look at the two managers, as though maybe one day it would be nice to see Poch coming back in some element, you know, if he was to go and win multiple trophies. If you ask me now in terms of who I want between Conte and Pochettino, you know, Conte is the far superior manager, in my opinion. I'll be hoping Spurs do everything in their power to absolutely back him. I can see, Jay, you also nodding to that. I know you was a massive Pochettino fan, but are you of the same opinion that you want to see Conte ultimately backed yeah. throughout this summer rather than looking to I still think with Pochettino as well he's I think he's still got a lot to learn I mean I just remember the game against Juventus when we got knocked out by Paolo Dybala and I thought you know Pochettino was this brilliant manager but you saw Allegri you know he, he just kind of knew even though Juventus Juventus team weren't as good as Spurs you know just tactically he was just knew how to kind of win that match and I think that that's what Poch was still missing and I think with Antonio Conte I think he's just you know, he's got all that experience. He knows how to win football matches. He knows how to kind of, um, you know, set up a team to kind of, you know, really succeed. And I think the big thing as well with Conte, you look at kind of when he's taken over clubs, they've kind of been in a real mess. I mean, you look when he took over Chelsea, I think they just finished 10th the season before that. And then he, the next season, they win the league title. 
with Inter Milan. They've gone 10 years without winning the uh, Italian title. I think two years after he, uh, he arrived at the club, they got well, they got to a, a Europa League final. And then, of course, the following year, they went and won the, the league title um, with Juventus. I think they've just come out from Serie B. And, you know, the following year, they became Serie A champions. So, you know, he's a guy who just knows how to build up teams, build up teams pretty quickly. Um, and, you know, you've just got to hopefully go and back him and get the right players. I mean, as I said, we've got, you know, so many areas that squad that are missing Conte, you know, Conte players. And I think we are able to go back in because, I mean, you look at kind of the job that he's done so far already. I mean, you said he came in when we were ninth. Yes, we were quite close to the top four. But, you know, Spurs, we collected the third most points since his arrival. We're only just behind Liverpool and Manchester City in points collected. So it just shows you the job that he's, you know, the incredible job that he's done. And um, as I said, I, I, I kind of feel as though there are going to be lots of inconsistencies because there are so many areas of weakness in this squad. So um, I think it's, you know, just seeing the, some of the performances that we've produced, I think it's really encouraging signs. And uh, yeah, as I said, I'm looking forward to next season. I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to do in the summer because I just think there's been so many promising signs of, of what's to come under content. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's just seeing how we finish the season as well. And and hopefully we're in a position where we've produced enough positive signs for Conte to look at it and think, do you know what, next year I think if we can add these sort of players, then then we'll be in a really good position to go and, and really challenge for, for trophies next season. So, yeah, Conte, 100% the man for me. Mm. Rob, same question to you. If you're offered the two in the summer, you're still fully backing Conte here out of the two of the managers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you've got to. And I think, um, yeah, as Jamie was saying, I mean, this may seem a very unusual kind of like uh, sort of cross section parallel to draw. But weirdly, I watched the um, there's a Crystal Palace documentary on Amazon Prime and and they talk about when they, they get promoted. And Holloway goes there and he's the one who gets him through the playoffs. And he, he's not very good in the run-up and they scrape into the playoffs. And then they just, all the players say, we, we won it because of Holloway, because he, he'd been to the playoffs before and he knew everything and he just knew what to do. And he was like, we were so unnervous because he'd been there and done that. And he told us like, right, even on the day, like this is what's going to happen. The nerves will kick in here. Don't worry about it. And they said, literally, that's what carried it over the line. And exactly as Jamie is saying, like with Podge, I don't... I, I, he hasn't quite been there and done that with, um, with you know, in a super high kind of pressure situation. Whereas Conte has, Conte has gone on these league runs. He has turned teams around. He has gone in and completely put this new system in. And, you know, I think as well with, with Chelsea as well, they had that bit at the start of that season where I don't think it quite worked for like the first yeah, eight the, games. Um, yeah, I think, um, I, I remember Lee tweeted, uh, Lee McQueen tweeting about it. So I think they just lost quite heavily to Arsenal at the Emirates. And then he, that's right. Yeah. Back and then, um, you know, the, completely changed they went on and won the league so yeah you're right and 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 also I just feel like it's it, it, it's really there. That's why they've kind of got to back him. I think even Le- Le- Levy's a really clever man and you just kind of look at the squad and you kind of go put a bit of money in we're kind of out of the pandemic economy a little bit and then also you look at like Kane and Son they're, not, they're kind of in their prime they're not going to be around for a lot longer you can't really afford to go oh we'll have another cycle and bring some young players in you kind of it, it's kind of good to go now like it, 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 it kind of has to happen now and I think I think yeah Conte's the guy to do that if, if you if you want a manager to give you a, a one brilliant season I, I can't think of many better like even like Guardiola and Klopp are more come in, get a system going, you know, and take a while. Whereas I could see, I could see next year being amazing under Conte. And I could see, you know, it'd be great with Poch as well. But I think he's maybe, he's maybe, if this doesn't work and he's around, then you kind of think about it. But yeah, it's got to be Conte. 
Do you agree, Hannah, for you? I mean, oh, definitely. Three out of three. Yeah. And, and look, we've got to remember, is there a choice? Because Nuno went, fired him. <laughs> Mourinho oh, fired God. him. You know, we're on the third now. So it's also, it's also, is is there really a choice here to change this up again? Because I agree, yeah. fans, you know, it's not what we want. Conte no. has been brought in to deliver. He's a great manager. Um, and, and it's time to sort of back him and, and kick on, I think. Totally agree. I mean, maybe I'll just keep on reiterating the point that uh, to PSG, Conte's won three of his past 15 Champions League matches. Maybe that kind of uh, gives you absolutely crystal clear. There, there is an irony. There is an irony, isn't it? We're trying to get fourth <laughs> to keep Conte so we can yeah, play yeah. the Champions League, which and is notoriously terrible at. Three of the <laughs> yeah. 15 games. What's there to worry about? Maybe it's all about the Europa Cup. Maybe it is all about the Europa League. Who knows? Let's hope it isn't. God, let's hope it isn't. But guys, what we will do is we will go, we will go for our first break of the show uh, for our listeners and audio. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. For our watching audience on YouTube, there's need two to 300 of you watching us live. So thank you so much for all of your support on the Champions League night, as always. Thank you so much for that. Right, guys, let's turn our attention um, to a bit of uh, news from the club today. Um, we know that's come out on a statement that Spurs have confirmed Brian Carey has left his position as head of recruitment at the club. So quite a senior role. Um, he actually, yeah, I mean... Left by what we understand mutual consent. Um, there's been obviously several key changes being made by Spurs and Fabio Paratigi in the build-up for what seems to be a very busy summer. Jay, the talk is that Paratigi Spurs are on the lookout for somebody to assist him ahead of the summer. So already Spurs laying some groundwork. Yeah, I mean, look, we obviously kind of wanted to change our approach anyway by getting in a sporting director and Fabio Pratici. I think that that was quite a good sign that, you know, we obviously wanted to kind of go in that direction. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't I have to admit, I can't speak too much about this guy. I don't know too much about him. But um, yeah, it just shows that obviously for uh, Pratici, he's obviously trying to work a certain way. And maybe these people, you know, kind of don't see in line with, with what Pratici is trying to do in terms of maybe bringing in new players and, and kind of the recruitment side. So no, I, I think it's going to be interesting um, and then, of course, with, with whoever Pratici brings in and is, is his number two will also be interesting. You know, again, we saw, um, you know, Steve Hitchin, I think, leave leave a couple of months ago. So obviously there's, you know, real changes in terms of the recruitment that we're doing. Um, I mean, you have to say, you know, recently our recruitment has been pretty poor. Obviously, January aside, you know, maybe changes were needed and, and maybe this is a good thing. So, um, no, I'm, I'm interested to kind of see how we're going to operate in the transfer window now and, you um, yeah, I, obviously, as I said, I can't speak too much about this guy and, and kind of the role that he plays. But uh, no, it's, it'll be interesting to see how recruitment goes from here on now. Rob, you got an opinion on it for you? I mean, listen, the guy's been there for six years. A guy that's been there for quite a long time. So for Spurs and obviously for him to make that decision, that obviously he's no longer um, mm. required in terms of surplus requirements. You just feel that already Paratigi might be getting some, yeah, some status there and really putting yeah. the wheels in motion for a busy summer, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think so. There was that that um, 
that uh, report, wasn't there? I can't remember. It was a couple of months ago. Where it was like Paratici's got in and he said we need to overhaul the whole the whole system. So it's, I, I guess it kind of makes sense. People are probably going to make way. I, I was thinking like, you know, I, I don't remember signing-wise how far back six years go. But I, I mean, absolutely no offence to this man. Who I'm sure is a lovely mm. guy. But I don't think it's been the greatest six years of recruitment at Spurs. So I don't think it, you know... I, I, I'm not sure yeah. it'd, be, it'd be a job he'd be leaving on his CV. I think that'd be one of those where you sort of be like, oh, and I'll just pretend I went on a gap year for six years then. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I, we've famously got quite bad recruitment, haven't we, recently? Mm. So I think Definitely. we've got to make changes. No, offensive. Yeah. Over the past five, six years, it's been bad. And that's not thinking at him personally. No, but, no, um, no, exactly. That's yeah, it. You yeah, kind of, if yeah. you're judging him on results, that it, mm. you know they haven't, they haven't been brilliant. If, mm. if he was the man who paid 10 million for Jack Clark, then... Uh, you know, I think we'll be all right. Mm. It's well, interesting. I think that was the funny myth of Spurs that, that that we don't spend money, but actually we were. We were just spending it really badly. Mm. So if there's a bit of churn on the recruitment side, um, it's it, it's probably quite a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's one we'll keep it on, of course, and we'll see um, if anybody, I say, which you understand, somebody coming alongside perhaps to help him, which can only be a good sign, right? I mean, I think we all know the club needs to invest in several areas. We've said about wing-backs, potentially a left-sided centre-back. You then look really at midfield again. There's a need for a creator in there. We spoke about, of course, Ericsson on the last show. Maybe, again, an alternative striker to Kane. And, of course, you know, with the five substitutions next season, you feel, again, that there's going to be a real need to have extra players in that squad, quality from the bench that can change it. And, unfortunately, for Spurs, one player they won't be able to rely on for the next, well, remaining weeks of the season is Oliver Skip. His season, unfortunately, is now over. Jay, I mean, listen, Conte all along in his pre-match press conferences, his post-match preference conferences, was really hopeful that we would see Skip again this season. Just how much of that is a blow when you consider the last two games and the real lack of invention and creativity Spurs have shown in that midfield? Yeah, he has definitely been a big loss for us. I mean, I would love to have seen him in there alongside Benson Kerr. I think that that would have been a really great partnership. I think, you know, Hoy Bier has done, done pretty well in certain matches and, um, you know, he does do a pretty good job in in that midfield. But I think if you look at kind of the role that Oliver Skip's played in, in that squad and, and the step up that he's made this season has been really impressive. So I would love to have seen more of Oliver Skip. But um, yeah, as well, just in terms of his injury, um, I think it's obviously caused a lot of frustrations, but it just seems to have been a you know an issue where, you know, something obviously, I, th- I think he got a, a, an infection during, you know, his surgery. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's something that the, um, you know, the physios and kind of the medical staff at Spurs maybe can't really control. And, and I know they obviously get a lot of criticism for that. But I think, you know, it's obviously a very complicated issue that he's had. So um, it's, it's obviously hugely frustrating that we've lost such a, such a key player. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully he comes back next season and, um, you know, stronger. And, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him next year. I think he's going to be a really key player for Spurs. I mean, I put out a tweet as well about all the, the managers that are kind of really speaking very fondly of him. You see Mourinho saying he'd be a, a future Spurs captain. Pochettino was, was speaking about him when he was 18, 19 years old and, and saying what experience he played with. And now Conte as well was, was a manager who's always spoken very highly of him. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to be a very key player for Spurs for years to come. But to have lost him this year, so I think it's definitely been a, a big blow for Spurs because I, I definitely think, you know, having him in that midfield alongside mm. Benzico would have, would have been really, yeah. really good. Yeah, agree. I mean, coming over to you, Rob, when you look at Spurs' win percentage, you know, in comparison to with and without, of course, Oliver Skip, you can see the real difference he does make in that midfield. And I think, again, 
not wishing to overanalyze the past two games, but you do feel if you had a player of Oliver Skip's ability, and he's still a young guy, but just signed a five-year contract, you just feel he's a great option to have to be able to change the game potentially to start games. And Spurs aren't going to have that option between now and the end of the season. How frustrating is that, Rob? Yeah, it, it is frustrating because he's, he's also one of those. Conte always goes on about he has his like players you can trust, doesn't he? And and he seems like he's he's really a, a player you can trust in the same way. Just for whatever reason, like he just clearly just doesn't fancy like Bergvine, who. It, you know, I thought it was crazy that he only came, was it like 80-something minute he came on against Brentford? Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just obviously, for whatever reason, whereas Skip really feels like one of those that he'd go, okay, we need to change the game. I'll, I'll bring him on early, like, and and maybe shift the formation around. And also, also it just, it, it'd just be exciting to see kind of how, it, how he plays under context. I don't think we've actually seen him play that much, have we? Like, I remember... Um, I think he had, didn't he have COVID? He was one of the later ones getting COVID when we had the breakout. So he didn't come back into the team for a bit longer or something. I can't, I can't remember him starting that many games. Uh, so it'd just be great to see where he, like where he fit into the, into the Conte system. And, you know, he, he looked like one of our better players under Nuno. So, you know, it'd be great to see him with Antonio Conte teaching him his patterns and stuff. What, what kind of player, that's the other thing I'm excited to see what kind of player he is. Cause he's a bit yeah. of a, He's a bit of he's good at every he's quite good at everything. Um, so it'd be good to see like what kind of you know player Conte molds him into. Does he do more of a box to box? Is he more of a sitter? Is he is he like a, a ball carrier? Because he can kind of do all those things. So it'd be interesting to see, yeah, how Conte uses him. But yeah, it'd, it'd be great to have him now just to, to mix things up a bit, as you say. I think I think yeah. he started in the the reverse fixture against Leicester. Conte went went uh, went like three in the middle, didn't he? And it's yeah, Hoiberg and Ben Conte, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so no. but I don't know if he would have done that again or, or, or what his plan would have been. Mm. Uh, Hannah, come over to you. We understand, obviously, again, he's undergone the surgery in America. So, obviously, we wish him, from all of us here, a very speedy return. Again, you know, Robert said there just how effective he can be for Spurs. And by mm. not having him now, there's now going to be a real reliance on, obviously, Bentoncourt to try and create. Obviously, you then look at what's alongside him. Hoybier is a bit more of a... a well, I would say he's a player that is obviously more breaking up play rather than we're relying on him for his ability in terms of taking us forward. Harry Winks, again, I know, um, really does polarise opinion at the moment. So, again, I think Harry probably is of the, um, well, I think he's of the understanding that probably he needs to move in the summer because you do feel whenever he gets on the field, he's already got the fans on his back before he even kicks a ball. Yeah. Which is a real shame because obviously, um, yeah, it just seems to hasn't worked out from here. And I think for all best parties involved, probably Harry needs that move. Is this putting massive pressure now on keeping Benson Core and Hoybier fit for the end of the well fit yeah. between now and the end of the season? It is, and 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 that was going to be my one point really. It's a depth of squad, Skippy, because we, we don't actually really know the kind of player that he will be in this new setup. And with these new signings, we're going to see new people coming in in the summer again. So it will just be so interesting to see how he does establish himself you know, from September new season onwards. Um, but I think it's it's crucial for that depth of squad because, yeah, as you say, Winks, it hasn't worked out. Um, he's likely to move on. So having Skip, whether he whether whether he would start in, in front of Bentecourt or Hoysberg, I don't know. He wouldn't for me. Um, and, and, and then whether he has a, a kind of place in that midfield or whether we want to go and get a kind of more attacking as we were talking about kind of Ericsson type flavour, 
I think there's a question mark there. So for me, I'm really interested to see where he might fit into that. But I think crucial for for depth of squad and yeah, potentially exciting to see him back come August. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, it's just it's just a real shame, you know, to not have a player that ability to call upon. And as we've said there, it's going to add real, real responsibility. And also, again, it, it's a concern that, you know, with the players we've got left in midfield now, can they cope? Is there going to be enough invention ability to change games? Because Spurs, to be fair, although it is now just one game a week, there's real emphasis now in those one game a week to make the difference, make things count. I and mean, we can't bring ourselves to say they're all cup finals because Spurs don't win cup finals. So we have to keep calling them FA Cup fifth round ties because Spurs seem to do well on the <laughs> FA Cup fifth round ties rather than cup finals. So we shall wait to see. Um, talking about uh, <laughs> cup, t- cup ties and playoff ties, um, interesting what's come up this week. And I think I've seen this, that there's a there could be a potential North London derby playoff should Spurs and Arsenal's results match. Now, um we know, of course, there's less than a month of the season to go. Uh, Jay, listen, there's still lots of different well games to play for both Spurs and Arsenal in yeah. comparison to, obviously, how those fixtures will meet. But um, again, we should add this, that should the two sides finish on the same points, uh, I think same goal scored, then it would essentially go to a playoff game and neutral venue. Maybe I'm looking too far ahead here. Um how do you feel about that? No, I mean, it's. I think one one North London derby is going to be bad enough. But um, yeah. yeah, I certainly wouldn't fancy another one. But uh, no, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that Arsenal game. I think that it's going to be such a, a fantastic atmosphere at the stadium as well. I think it's it has been a pretty difficult season for Spurs. So to kind of have that one really big match where it feels like there is, you know, something really big on the line. And of course it is, you know, I think getting into the top four would just be massive for, you know, potentially Spurs really kicking on under Conte, you know, having that attraction of Champions League football. So I think to have a massive fixture like that's going to be so key for Spurs. I think Spurs fans, you know, we've waited a long time for, for a fixture where so much is kind of at stake. So I'm re- I'm personally really looking forward to that game. As I said, I just think the stadium's going to be fantastic that evening. Um, you know, I really want all the fans to kind of really be behind the team, you know, make that place a, a really horrible place for Arsenal to go. And um, yeah, it's, I, as I said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that picture. But uh, no, for me, one's definitely one North London derby is definitely not. Yeah, I must just uh, correct uh, correct myself there. So um, this obviously, in order for this to happen, uh, both teams would need to finish on level points same goal difference and have an identical head-to-head record. Now, obviously, the combination of those three do seem very unlikely, but, you know, who knows what's going to come in these next five games. I mean, Rob, for me, I'll be honest with you, personally, I was not looking forward going to this look not looking forward going into this game unless Spurs were four or five points ahead of Arsenal. I mean, that's looking very, very unlikely now, if I'm being honest with you. So um, the thought of the two teams gaining on either level points or Arsenal in front of us really does worry me. Do you have an opinion on that in terms of yeah. how yeah, how you feel with the both well, teams coming up against each other? Well, yeah, I kind of I did start on on sort of like Monday. I was kind of looking at you know, looking at the run ins and going, Okay, well, what do we need to do? And like Liverpool game's probably a write off. So um so the, that the, the tricky thing with the timing of it is I think because we've got Liverpool just before, haven't we? So yeah. say we both win our next couple. I think we'd go in five points behind, but they then have, I th- and I think it's their hardest game left other than us, is uh, Newcastle on M- Monday Night Football, Newcastle's last home game of the season. Yeah. 
Um, and Newcastle in, I think in 2022, they'd be second in the league or something, man. Yeah, their like, form has been quite unbelievable. Yeah. Anyhow, and, that, and that's a hard one. So, I, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm preparing myself for going into the North London derby, like behind them. But um, yeah, oh, I couldn't handle two of them. I couldn't, I couldn't handle. Can you imagine it in neutral venue as well? And it's like, would it be Wembley? Oh, oh my no. God. Yeah, I, I think the thing as well is if we do go behind, you know, I mean, it, we could quite easily be a couple of points behind, you know. I think yeah. they, as much as I think, you know, they're probably going to drop, you know, each team's going to drop points and, and maybe in games that we don't expect to be dropping points. I think in their next games, you should, I think against West Ham, given the circumstances going on at West Ham at the moment with, with uh, limited players, yeah. and then of course, uh, I, they should beat Leeds at home. You'd think on paper they'll win that game. and you know, maybe we don't get anything from Liverpool. The only thing you could say is we go into that Arsenal game, we do win that game, and, and maybe that is a big psychological boost for Spurs, and, and maybe we can make up that that gap. So, no, it's it's, it's going to be a re- it's going to be a really interesting uh, run. In yeah. uh, I think there's going to be points dropped for for both teams. I think just both teams at the moment are kind of in form where just so unpredictable, and um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting finish the season. Mm. Yeah, I mean, not a, 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 we don't want this to happen, but going in as the un as the underdog or a couple of points behind might not necessarily be a bad thing because we're going to go in up for the fight. Whereas when you go into a game with something to lose, mm. knowing Spurs, you know. So... Well, it's funny, Hannah, because we, we certainly can't control it when it's in our own hands, can we, by the looks of it? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. neither can they, though. But neither can they. Because they were miles true. ahead and then we mm. caught them up and then as soon as we got in front, we then, you know... Spurs I don't know, you know it up, where, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, I know many people commented on this West Ham game the weekend for Arsenal. I can only see an Arsenal win there. I think West Ham have got their mind fully focused on that Europa League, and maybe rightly so for them. Of course, it's a listen to get to a final will be huge for that club. But I mean, at the same time, West Ham, I think got they're very limited on centre back options as they've well. Got no centre backs, I think now because yeah. yeah. they played. I think they played three centre backs on the weekend, and two of them were wing backs. And of course, also got sent yeah. off, didn't they? So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, they put, certainly had a bit of luck, I think, Arsenal. Mm. Yeah. Out of interest, Hannah, to stick with you, you know, Harry Kane has come out and said this week that Spurs need to win their remaining five games in order to yeah. finish in the Champions League. That means going to Anfield and win. I mean, I can yeah, already hear the laughter track in the background. I mean, we're seeing the way Liverpool are playing right now. I mean, although it sounds crazy and people are going to laugh at me, I do fancy Spurs for some bizarre reason. To get something there, you know, we've you know the weird thing about Liverpool is we always seem to play well there, and we yeah. never get a result. You know, the last few years Spurs have been very unlucky to not get results there. But yeah. you know, under Conte, I've got to be honest with you. The one thing about Conte, what I will say is, unlike any other manager, I do go into every game believing Spurs can win it, and I haven't really done that under you know maybe since Pochettino when Spurs were in their peak Poch prime where they were getting results. Conte definitely makes me believe that we can get a result anywhere. But when you look at Spurs, they've got to come. Obviously, Saturday, 7th of May, Liverpool, 12th of May, Arsenal, Burnley on the Sunday, the 12th, uh, sorry, Sunday, May the 15th, but a 12 o'clock kickoff. Then Norwich, the last game of the season. I mean, can you see Spurs winning all remaining five games? Uh, unlikely. But I, 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 I 100% agree with you on Liverpool. I think we, out of all of their fixtures as well, are the team most likely to take mm points of them it's always a spicy game it's always exciting there's always something you know a penalty a card you know that happens um so I think yeah we've got a chance and also I mean we're losing against Brighton but we've taken six points off Man City this season so 
you know, I, I think you can't, we just can't yeah. predict it, as Rob was saying. It, it's it's mm. unpredictable. Um, mm. I was slightly disappointed. I think Chelsea hate us so much. They kind of oh, let us the wind, didn't totally they? Totally agree. Yeah, I must say that week, I mean, this is the one thing. I know people, you know, Arsenal fans, some of them are getting absolutely carried by that week. But they've played a Chelsea side that have effectively, for me, kind of thrown the game by the section they put out. Then they played one of the worst Manchester United sides in the last 20 years. And I'm really not exaggerating, Jay. So when many are making it out to be a wonderful week for Arsenal, I thought I've been massively lucky the way those fixtures have fallen. Because if Chelsea were in need of actually getting a result and having to win that game in order to yeah. either stay in a title race or qualify for the Champions League, there's no way they would have rolled over the way they did for that game. Do you agree, those two it's, fixtures? It's bizarre. I mean, to be honest, I, I, it does sound like we are a bit salty, but I mean, honestly, you saw that Chelsea oh. performance. It was just, it, it was horrendous. truly shocking. I mean, to perform like that at home was was really bizarre. And and to be honest with you, I was kind of expecting it coming into the match. I saw the team lineups and I was like, I, I know exactly what's going on here. I can just see three points coming from a mile off. And um yeah, I mean, you saw the Manchester United performance as well. was was oh. truly shocking. Of course, they missed the yeah. penalty at um, uh, for, for potentially two all as well. So, you know, they have had a lot of luck, mm. but the, the the concern maybe is that they, they you know they they've got that confidence now. Um, you know, regardless yeah. of how two massive form, results for them. There, there is massive you know that, that, that there is still yeah. two big results. I think they'll they'll supporters and the team will look yeah. at it as. We've just beaten Chelsea away and we've just beaten Manchester United. So, mm. um, yeah, they, they could very much be the case that they have got some confidence now. But I think I think they'll come up against sides who I, I think Leeds is going to be a really tricky game for them. I think that that's a game who a side who have really been pulled back into that relegation battle. And I just think that, you know, they, they're just kind of, they've got so much to fight for. And, you know, maybe a more stable team. I think Manchester United, although the, on paper they've got better players, I just think they're so unstable at the moment. I think the same with Chelsea, of course. I think yeah. their, their last two home matches were the big defeat against Real Madrid and the big defeat against Brentford as well. So going into that match. So, you know, they were two teams, I think, that were going into those games against Arsenal. are pretty unstable. And uh, I, th I think they've definitely got some, some tricky games coming up. Uh, as well, I can't remember who said it earlier about the Newcastle game. I think, yeah, I think it was Rob. I think that's the one game like, that we, we just feel yeah. with. Is there, is there a chance for a team to take points off of Newcastle, St. Yeah. James's Park? Yeah, be under the lights it. as well. I think that that's going to yeah. be a really, really tough game for them. So, yeah. um, and of course, yeah. you know, but we, we would have played that weekend, wouldn't we? Uh, we've played Burnley on the earlier yeah. on, the, on the Sunday. So, well, again, that, um, I've got to say I'm terrified for that one, Burnley at 12 o'clock. But uh, no, I, th I think it's it's, it's going to be really interesting. I think Spurs and Arsenal are going to drop points in matches where maybe they're not expected to do so. And uh, I think it's going to be so unpredictable. And although it's it looks like it's in Arsenal's hands, there's going to be so many twists and turns. We've seen how quickly it can change in a week and a half. I mean, you know, as I said, a week and a half ago, I think it was it was all Spurs. And, and yeah. um, you know, Arsenal win a, win a really difficult place. So... It's gonna, it's gonna be so many changes. I think in in the next couple of weeks. Mm. And I must add just a caveat: is I know there's not all Spurs supporters watching this, as we can see from some of the comments coming through. Um, I, I can't get away from the fact that Spurs, you know, there's no excuses from our perspective. You know, we've dropped points against Brentford. Or to be fair to Brentford, they're on a good run. But Brighton, you know, although they beat Arsenal, uh, I don't think Spurs can have any complaints because they're two games that listen. If Spurs want to be playing Champions League football, you have to win those kind of games. You really, really do. So. I mean, just find this up. I'm going to go to Hannah for. Well, I'll go to Hannah first. Now I'll go back to Rob. Hannah, for you, um, you still believe Spurs can finish in that top four based on the fixtures that are remaining? Oh yeah, you've got to believe. You've got to believe. You've got to have the hope. 
Um, it, yeah, I think it's all to play for. As we said, Arsenal are looking unpredictable as well. Mm. It's a Spurs Arsenal race um, to that fourth spot now. So yeah. we we got to go for it, haven't we? Um, yeah. It is. It is. It's mad, isn't it? That the, t- the TV gods have set us up in this way, though. Oh, um, Sky rubbing their hands together. It's going to be so tense. Oh, my God, that game. I agree, I agree. Honestly, it does feel like it's going to come down to that. Like a, it does honestly feel like almost like a cup final. or like yeah. a, It really right. does, because there, there is so much to play for. And as I said, yeah. I think Spurs, you know, the last couple of years for us have been really difficult. Of course, we did start really well last year under Mourinho, but that obviously well faded off. But mm. I, I just think Spurs, we've been so starved at that massive, you know, that massive occasion. I think that game really will feel like kind of a, uh, a cup final. And I just think the atmosphere is just going to be like, mm. unbelievable. I think there will certainly be some nerves as well from, from both sets of supporters as well. Yeah, I think the only thing I would say is that I think whoever does get that top four finish, I'm not sure if you agree that, yeah, I think that is the opportunity to really then build. You know, for Arsenal, you look at them, young manager Arteta, they know they need to be strengthening. They'll look to, you know, again, push on in the summer. Again, I know fans are not fully behind him as to whether they believe he's the right man. But for Spurs, again, it's an opportunity if they get top four to really consolidate, give Conte what he needs, what he wants. Because I've said it before with Conte, Conte is not coming to Tottenham to just finish in the top four. Conte wants to win a league. This is the difference between the mentality that Spurs have had in the past with managers. And this is what worries me a little bit because Conte isn't coming to Tottenham to just have the top four. He wants to win a league. And I, I think this is why Champions League is so pivotal to this because he didn't kind of attract the kind of players that can help Spurs get there. Do you agree that this is really a defining period for the club these next five games? Oh, yeah, massively. Well, I think obviously just monetarily, it's how you know you could just put in probably an extra 50 million into the transfer budget straight away uh, in the summer. And then the thing as well, which I just keep noticing on like, um, you know, stuff like Daily Hotspur is Arsenal and Tottenham get linked to the same targets. It's always Arsenal and Tottenham are chasing the same player every single time. Um, And you just think that's if if that's what it's going to come down to, you know. You, you think in the summer, whoever it is then gets the Champions League is going to have the pick of those, you know, five or six yep. targets that we're supposedly both looking at. Mm. Um, and that could kind of... And, and then also, I do just think it's the mentality of the next season, isn't it? Where it's like Europa League, the group stage really feels like a chore at times, doesn't it? Where it'll be like, you'll be like, Thursday night, we're going off to Sparta Prague or somewhere like that. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's like the stag do competition where you've been on a stag do in, in, in the places. Uh, that, that it's been but um and and it's you know Thursday night and then all your games get moved to Sundays and and uh, and it just feels like a slog and then it doesn't get excited until about like you know the quarterfinals we go oh we could like a bit like West Ham where you'd be like oh we could maybe win this um whereas Champions League like those group stage midweek group stages Champions League in the new stadiums been away for what is it three years now it, it you know the first time one came around it'd be like it'd be massive as opposed to Europa League would feel a bit like oh it, here we go again. Well, we're off to Slovenia, right? Okay, let's let's go and play Slovenia. Slovenia's league champions. But um, yeah, I think it'd be huge. Just the mentality, everything, everything will be massive. Yeah, totally agree. What we will do is we will go for our final break of the show for our listeners and audio. Taking that break, you're going to hear from an old friend, Jake Watson, of course, former Love Sport. Uh, joins us as he gives us his view ahead of Leicester to come. And we're also joined by Tom from Leicester City Fan TV on audio, who gives you their thoughts ahead of the game against Leicester to come. Hello, Ricky, and hello to the rest of the guys. Great to be back on the pod. 
hope you're all doing well and uh, enjoying the season. Uh, pretty close now for, for you guys as far as that race for the top four. And then um, I'm just going to go straight in, actually, and, and talk about why this should be the perfect opportunity for, for Spurs to pick up three points this weekend because I don't know how else to say this, we couldn't care less about Sunday's game. And I know that may seem strange or in some way defeatist, like I'm I'm preparing myself for, for a defeat, to protect myself from a defeat. But in all honesty, it's the truth. Um, we've got a huge game on Thursday evening, uh, the first leg of our Europa Conference League semi-final against Roma, which to us, to Leicester, is absolutely everything. Now, of course, if... We go and lose that first leg, four or five nil, and the tie is, is completely dead and buried. Then our views and, and, and thoughts about Sunday against you guys may well change. But, you know, that's probably unlikely. So what you'll see is Leicester going hell for leather for Thursday against Roma. And come Sunday, it's very likely. I'd be, I'd be frankly amazed if Brendan didn't make more than eight or nine changes for the game against Spurs as he protects them for what will be the second leg out in Rome next week. So it is a great opportunity for you guys. And I'm aware that for Arsenal as well, they're in a similar boat, whereas they take on West Ham, who are also playing in Europe in a semi-final this week. So they will also make lots of changes. So, you know, for this this top four race, which I think we can be fairly certain is between Spurs and Arsenal, you've both got a great opportunity to to pick up three points. But it's no secret that both of you have been stumbling as of late, as it feels like uh, it gets closer and closer. Maybe both teams are a little bit nervy about it. Um, so maybe this weekend is a is a huge telling factor in terms of which one of you is more likely to to go the whole way but look Leicester will make changes they absolutely will do and also let's not forget as well Leicester's record against Spurs is absolutely horrendous I actually I was I was, I was speaking to to Mr Paul Coit who I'm sure many of you guys know who I work with on TalkSport about Leicester and, and Spurs games and uh, I always dread these games because we, we we never win. I have a feeling um, you guys may be able to correct me if I'm wrong. The last time we did beat you in the league was was the year we, we won the title. And of course, earlier on in the season, we were beating you um, with nine seconds left of the game and somehow managed to lose that one. So if we could avoid a repeat of that one, that would be absolutely wonderful. So um, I'm going to pick a, a bit of a starting lineup for you. I suspect Kasper Schmeichel will still play in goal. The back four will completely change. Um, I'd imagine that uh, the European team will be Castagna, Ricardo, Fofana and Evans. So I'd imagine against you guys, it will be James Justin, Luke Thomas, Kaglas Oyunchu and Danamati. Uh, midfield will be a little bit harder to predict because the likes of Kieran Dewsbury Hall and Yuri Tienemans have played pretty much every game and at some point they are going to need a rest. But um, we haven't got a, a huge amount of depth in those positions. But I'd imagine Papi Mendy um, will play in, in holding midfield and then maybe Bubakare Sumare comes in. Picking the other one is, is a little bit difficult and uh, he'll rotate the winger so it will probably um, be Lookman and Madison, and then maybe either Ian Atch or Pats and Dakar up front. So um, I'd be hugely surprised if you see Jamie Vardy, Wesley Fofana, or Johnny Evans. And the, the rest, I think, kind of picks itself. So that would probably be, again, a, a 4-3-3 formation. And uh, yeah, as, as far as that result goes, predicting it, I have said already, and, and, and trust me, I'd, I'm not just saying this, I'm really not too bothered 
I have very little um, expectations of getting a result in this game. Um, but of course, look, I can't come on any podcast and, and predict a, a Leicester defeat. So I will say a very valiant and uh, hopefully quite boring game in which Leicester pick up no injuries. So let's say a, a one or draw. Um, you guys take care and hopefully speak to you soon. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organisations not only to make the correct hiring decisions but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hi guys, hope you're doing alright. This is my view and the prediction on the Spurs versus Leicester game coming over this weekend. Firstly, I'll start with kind of the probable lineup, mainly because it's probably the most predictable to guess. Obviously, with the Roma game coming up midweek, we have a bit more of a rotation kind of basis on the team. Um, so, the likes of maybe Johnny Evans and Fafana won't be in that team coming into the Sunday night, Sunday games against Spurs. I would say you'd see a backline completely change from the Roma game. So I'm guessing more like the Luke Thomas, the Amati, the Siunchu, and probably maybe a Castagna or maybe a James Justin at the back. And then midfield, I think the midfield doesn't change at all from, from each week because of they kind of, the, the choice of picks we've got in the midfield at the moment. So obviously, Jude Hall will be probably starting with Tillemans, Madison. And then it goes into the front line, which is a bit of a tough one with how we have been playing at the moment because we've not been scoring many goals. So I'd probably, I'd probably edge on saying maybe a Perez start because the last few games he's been playing, he's done well and he's, he's one of our rotation players for when people need to be rested through the midweek games. And then I'd probably, I'd maybe say Luckman on the left. Normally Barnes does start for us, but I'm guessing he'll probably start midweek. And then you'd want somebody to come in in that place to keep, keep him a bit of a rest from the midweek game. And then up front, this is the tricky one because Vardy has gone back, got back fit. And I'm guessing he will play against Roma. And if this is after the Roma game, then you'll see if he has or not. But I don't know if he would start so quickly after the midweek game. Um to come into the Spurs game. Don't get me wrong, I'd happily like to see him in that team to start, but I think it would be someone like a Dakar or a Kelechi to take his place and then use that sort of Vardy role um, and in the substitute kind of minutes and like the 60 or 70 minutes and hopefully maybe get us the goal. Um, but yeah, next we'll go to the tactics. Usually, I think tactical formations are the kind of it comes together because obviously depending on what formation you play, this is how the tactics you play. In the last few games in the Premier League anyway, we've been playing a lot more whip style of play. So going down the wing backs and then going to the wingers. Instead of going more through the middle, we're, we're using the using most of the whip that we can. So we, we normally play like a 4-3-3 or 4-3-3. Four, one in the fact that Barnes and a Perez or Barnes and Luckman on the wings get get up the get up to that corner 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 post on the opposition's half and then they try and like cut uh, cut in or chop in and try and get that cross in but it's a difficult one because I don't think that's that sort of style has worked 
the last few games because of we just not we're not we've not got that striker in like sort of Vardy other than the last game that really shows the quality when it comes to goal scoring. So a lot of fans that I know wants to go to a two striker formation and it's just an issue because I would say that but I don't think Rogers would do that. I'm sorry but I don't think he will. I think it might be our best chance to start winning a few more games but he just he hasn't I don't think Rogers has got the bottle to go for it in the case of attacking wise. Like I say there's a lot of people that want to go for it at the back or slash five at the back with the wing backs and then two strikers with the kind of central ten role in the middle with Madison. Um it's just, but we we I think the black like say the predicted lineup will be a, probably a four three three or a four two three one with Mendy in there for the I say another one Mendy for another Premier League starter in the midfield he'll probably be in there because indeed he's obviously out for the season as well um, and then obviously going forward to the result I've never been to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the new one anyway I've been to the um, Wild Lane it was a good atmosphere. It's going to be a hard one because it's obviously a new stadium. It's a big, big ground to come to. And I think we won there last season. I'm pretty sure we won there last season. I think we won 2-0. Was that a home? I think that was away. Yeah, that was away. We won last. We won 2-0 last season uh, when there were no fans could really go. But I'd take... I'd take a draw. I'd take a draw, but I really... My heart says a win. And it's, it is doable, but I just don't think we'll have enough to get the win. I think it'll be a draw, and I think it'll be one all. But appreciate you uh, inviting us on. Jay, let's start with you. I mean, Leicester, they're in this situation where they've got very little to play for domestically. They find themselves 10th, 10 points, 10 points off a European place, and that's a European Conference League place, I must add, and yeah. 16 points behind Spurs. You know, Leicester's tail off this season has been quite remarkable. I mean, they come off the back of a draw, goalless draw against Aston Villa. Um, what should we be expecting this game, Jay? It's an opportunity for Spurs to play the style of football they would like to against a side that hopefully will allow them to do so. Yeah, I, I think it will be kind of more of an open game. I think Leicester are a side that will look to attack. So maybe you might see a bit more joy. And um, I think they might be slightly less resistant as well because they've got a bigger game to worry about. I think they'll, they'll be goal guns blazing for that conference league. Uh, semi-final match and I think that that's where their focus will be so you know maybe it'll be a frustrating start and they'll try to keep us out but I think you know maybe coming into the second half I, I, I kind of feel it though as though it might be kind of like a the, the similar case the way the Newcastle game went in terms of maybe they kind of tail off towards the end a little bit um, but no, I, I think that this has got to be a game that Spurs have to win, especially you consider the circumstances that Leicester have around with the Conference League so Yes, it has to be three points. And you just hope now that Conte's realised, you know, that Brighton game wasn't a one-off because we followed up with an equally poor performance against Brentford and hopefully he makes the necessary changes. I mean, one player, I, I think, that, or one certainly area of the team I do think we need to change up is, is the right wing-back. Unfortunately, Emerson Royal Howell, I mean, he, it was just a... It, unfortunately for him, it was, it was a really poor performance. And I just don't think he's, he's a player that can continue in the team at the moment. So... Um, it'll be interesting to see how he kind of um, gets around that situation in terms of maybe finding a new right wing back or, or um, you know, or, or maybe being a bit creative or whether he, he looks to change the, the formation we're playing. I think as well, you know, we've been loved to have gone to a 3-5-2. Of course, that's something that has brought success. And I think, Rob, you mentioned earlier as well, you know, we played a 3-5-2 against Leicester in the reverse fixture and it, it worked really well. But, I mean, we, we just don't seem to have the options to do that at the moment. So, 
I hope I, I feel like we do need changes, but it's also difficult to see how we're going to make those changes because our squad at the moment, and you know, with injuries and obviously lack of options in general, it's it's kind of difficult to see how it changes. But I said it's got to be three points, of course, with um, you know, given given that Leicester are, are going to be fo- focused on that conference league game. Mm, I mean, coming over to you, Hannah, you know, Leicester, they've drawn their last two games, but also have drawn three out of the previous five. Do you think Spurs will be tempted to almost change that system slightly? You know, there's been, I mean, we've only been speaking here, you know, maybe looking at potentially bringing in somebody like Bergvine in, you know, to play him and deploy him as a wing back. And again, I know these options, Kulisewski maybe dropping in back, then you're losing those as a forward the only thing I would say again is that I would imagine Conte by now has probably tried this in training. You know, I can't believe yeah. that he's not tried these things out in training and must feel it doesn't work. Otherwise, surely he would have seen it by now, right? Yeah. Also, we've got to remember that team that showed up at Leicester in January. Obviously, we won, but it was right to the wire. But that was quite a different team. So I'm just looking at the lineup now. We had Skippy, Winks, Tanganga, Sanchez playing. So actually, the, the setup that we've got now is quite a different setup for this Leicester squad. And as others have said, they're going to be tired from tomorrow's game. Um, and, and yeah, I think, I think it's in our hands. I think it's all to play for. Um, I can't see Conte changing it, frankly. Um, I think he hasn't really so far. No. Why would he start now? Mm. Um, particularly for, the, for for that point that I just made. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, again, we must just caveat that and add Leicester, of course. Um, they have a crucial semi-final um, that they're obviously in the midst of. So whether hopefully that's on their mind, you know, again, Vardy is back for them. So it, it's interesting. We'll come over to you just how Leicester played this one. As we've said, you know, they're 10 points outside the European places. So in terms of Premier League status, you know, they're not going to be dragged into a relegation battle, but they're certainly not going to be dragged in either to a European uh, race in the last few remaining games. So it's whether their mind and full emphasis will be on, obviously, other matters like, of course, the Europa Conference League tie and maybe whether they keep an eye off the Premier League. What do you think going into this one, Rob? I think, um, I, I agree. I think they'll rotate. He's rotated massively, hasn't he? And the other ones yeah. that have been in between the two legs, he's really rotated. Um, so I think I think they'll just be all on that. And then also you kind of look at, you know, I think we mentioned, I mentioned earlier, didn't I, that the like... Uh, uh, Frank and Potter are, are, are good good managers for coming up with like a specific game plan against like you know a Conte system whatever I don't think Brendan's really like that I think he's a bit more he, he kind of has his own little system and I I, I I mean you know I said we'd get top four a month ago uh and we'd be we'd do it quite easily but I we should really be looking at like this this should be fairly comfortable you'd like to think you'd I feel like I think Conte won't change the team. I think I think he'll keep the starting lineup the same, and I think he'll only change it if it gets to like sixty minutes and it's it's nil nil or we're down. But I think I think he he's just got to set them up, get out there, and you just need that early goal or early and shot. Leicester come out, yeah, exactly. <laughs> early That's shot on target. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know what? That's the other thing I'd like to happen. Just from kickoff, someone target. just absolutely smash it Deliver from it. miles away and be like, bam, there's the shot on target. Right, let's go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I, I, I think I think Leicester are probably the perfect team for us to play right now in that it's mm. it's it's not like a Norwich where we kind of almost get inside our own heads and expect to win. It's fairly decent. It'd be a good win. But yeah. as you say, on the beach, only focused about the Conference League. I yeah. think... 
and and it feels a bit like just as a fan, you're a bit like, you know what? If we don't if we don't win this, then we don't deserve fourth, and we're not ready. For I, it. I totally so agree. Listen, we can't. And I'll be yeah. fair, we we can't beat in the three games. Brighton, Brentford, yeah. Leicester. We do not deserve Champions League football. And, and I must say that, you know, we really, really don't. Leicester, as I've mentioned, uh, Jemmy Vardy expected to be back fit, whether they play him or not, so I have a question. Um, you know, Bubakari, Samare, Ryan Bertrand, Wilfred and Didi continue to miss out. So there's some key players out there for Leicester. Jay, let's come over to you to start the prediction. Jay will Spurs get back to winning ways and actually have a shot on target. <laughs> um, do you know what? I, I think Rob made a very interesting point there about how maybe certain managers will set up for other teams. And I think he's very much right there with Brendan Rodgers. I think he will play a particular way and he will kind of stick to his guns. Um, I think with, with Brentford and, and Brighton, they are two tactically very good sides and, and you, you know, they'll be able to counter Spurs. And we saw that in both those games. You know, Brighton completely nullified our attack and, and Brentford did exactly the same. I think with Leicester, it will be a slightly different match in terms of, you know, they'll play their way of football. So I think that that will definitely suit us. And again, I just think that the, their involvement in in, um, in the Europa Conference League semi-finals, either side of that match is, is going to be very big as well. Um, so I, I do kind of fancy Spurs to get back on uh, to winning ways for this one. I'm going to go for 3-1, but look, you have to be getting three points. Uh, not not just to, you know, keep pace with Arsenal, of course, but... I just think because of the circumstances of this game yeah. surrounding Leicester, you, no, excuse, no excuses for this one, I think. Yeah, three points, absolutely. Fantastic. Hannah, let's come around here. You've been a blinding debut. Been a great, great <laughs> debut. Hannah, Thanks. what are we going for? Well played. Um, I was going to go 3-1 as well. Was you? Okay. Yeah, I was. I was. Sorry, I just copied you. But I well, think listen. it will be... Um, I think Sonny will get one and I'll go uh, two for Kane. There you go. Kane back okay. on the scoring sheet. Love it. Rob, well, I'm also going to go for 2-1 and I'm going to be there, so I'm really looking forward to it. Rob, are you going to make it a full house? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going 2-0. I'm going to go 2-0. I think, I think yeah. I, 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 do you know what? I'd, I'd just like a straightforward win. Wouldn't that Absolutely. be nice? Just a straightforward oh, nice. one. Not, not even like yeah. the Villa one where it was like yeah. the first half we were getting hammered. It's like just a straightforward win would be great. 2-0. Yeah, and wouldn't that be great? Like I say, I think we need to get back to winning ways, especially again, that will bring it down to four remaining games for Spurs, where building up to that after game, as we discussed, is going to be absolutely huge. Well, guys, thank you so much. Great show as always. Lovely having you on. Jay, we've got to keep our eyes pulsed. Where can we find all your content coming up? Yeah, I mean, look, as you can see, Daily Hotspur on Twitter there. Um, and then on Twitch as well, I've been doing uh, live streams before the games, kind of looking ahead to the team news and, uh, you know, reacting to that. Um, I haven't been able to do it as kind of consistent as I wanted because obviously I'm going to the home match as well. So, um, yeah, kind of just keep an eye on Twitter in terms of when I'll be doing that. But obviously, in, you know, when the transfer window comes out, I'm sure there'll be uh, lots of Notification shows bells on. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and hopefully a very busy summer in store for Jamie from the Daily Hotspur Fingers. Well, Jay, love you, Jamie, on as always. Like I say, looking forward to having Jamie back on. I've gone through consistent in the summer. Rob, love to have you on. Where can people hear about your news views on Spurs? Where can we find... Oh yeah, just follow me on Twitter or Insta at Radio Rob Howard. That'll do it. I, I, I would like to talk about it more on Capital, but they sort of want more Harry Styles news as opposed I to. I can't believe that. Shall we play Sesson Yon at right wing back? <laughs> How dare they even not yeah, even let know, him Spurs, the cheek of it? I mean, do you know what I mean? Oh, dear. lovely having you on, Rob. Again, thank you so much. And no, Hannah, thank you for having me. Absolutely fine. Lovely having you on. And Hannah, lovely to have you on for your debut. Where can everybody find your views and thoughts on Spurs? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, Hannah underscore Barlow, 44. Talking about Spurs, a bit about politics, a lot about my 
pets <laughs> it's all great content but yeah thanks for having me ricky i've loved it pleasure lovely having you on well Take guys care. you too from jamie from rob from hannah myself guys keep safe keep well fingers crossed spurs are back to winning ways we're back on sunday for post-match reaction as always and fingers crossed come on you spurs sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.